Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host, Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going today, buddy? Cody, it's good, man. It's good. It's, uh, you know, cold out here in New York City. We're reaching real, real cold times. The Knicks, I, w- I went to my first Knicks game in a while yesterday. While I'm on the subway there, LaMelo gets ruled out. Then they get crushed. Um, so I could be better, but, you know, these are small problems. All, all in all, things things are pretty good. It's a short two-game slate with your Knicks uh, on it, so we'll we'll take a break from NBA here real quick. And and if you're following along on YouTube, you've already noticed we we brought out the big guns for today's show, Uh, a DFS OG, another Millie Maker winner. He got his win before Gary, so uh, so kudos to him. He's the identifier of best buys on ESPN. I think we can officially call him a box breaker. It's your favorite <laughs> Twitch streamer, Al Smizzle. Al, thanks for thanks for taking the time to join the show. Welcome to Establish the Collection. I appreciate you having me. I mean, if you listen to the TikTok replies, I don't deserve to be a box breaker. So uh, <laughs> because I didn't know that because uh, I got thrown off by the fact that on the back of that Mac Jones card that I pulled, it said uh-huh. uh, GM. I was like, OK, is this I'm, I'm thinking it's stained glass, right? So I flip it over and it says GM on the back. I thought it should be SG. I'm like, wait, what is this? People on uh, immediately everybody rushes to tell me it's stained glass don't you even know you shouldn't even be breaking cards you don't deserve <laughs> to break cards like realize it says mosaic glass right it's not it says glass mosaic not stained glass so like you're even wrong too there buddy <laughs> yeah you get some like stone cold hardcore defenders of traditional hobby uh, especially as this thing has blown up over the last couple of years so i'm not surprised to to hear some of those comments but uh no man i love that you've gotten involved in in the card space and in the cardboard space so we're, we're very happy to have you on thanks man i appreciate you want to hear a gary story cody yeah let's do it so i'm i'm streaming like doing my my recap stream one monday like a couple of years ago and you know there's a guy who subs to the channel and we're just doing the recap all right that was the recap that's all you know that's what happened this week i was wrong about some things somebody comes in hey guys i won the millie yesterday (laughs) excuse me what That sounds just like Gary. So casual about it. Yeah, so casual just about it. Stopped in. Hey guys, how's it going? Happy Monday. I won the Millionaire Maker yesterday. I, I was like, wait a minute, back up. Yeah, I was um, before that happened. I was always just like a DFS lurker, like listening to my favorite people, Al included in that. And uh, I wanted to then, you know, present myself to the community after this <laughs> happened. And I, I didn't really know the best way to do it. So there you go. Uh, very nonchalantly. <laughs> Yet here we are. I have this relationship with Establish the Run. Uh, get to, you know, have one of my, you know. DFS, uh, you know, what I would like to consider a companion now, hopefully, uh, on a show about collectibles. So, oh, how how crazy the world has become uh, since mm-hmm. that has happened. But uh, yeah, that, that was funny, man. And that clip that you pulled after all that really, really made me laugh, uh, for, for sure. Well, you mentioned DFS. I think DFS has brought all of us together, obviously. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the reason why most of us are here, and we've, we've branched out into other things. I think most of our listeners would recognize Al probably from, from Grinders Live and the DFS Edge podcast with Levitan and CSU Ram, but he's branched out, man. Al is an absolute content machine now. He mentioned TikTok. He's all over Twitch, all over YouTube. Why don't you just catch us up, Al, on the last couple of years? Because the, the Edge podcast seems like it was a decade ago at this point, and you're all over the place now. Where Where is your focus in content creation? What are, what are you up to the last couple of years and, and where's your focus right now? So football season, obviously I'm cranking out a ton of daily fantasy content. Best Buy is on ESPN. I'm on the Fantasy Focus Pod every Thursday on the CSS DFS podcast with Mike Clay and Daniel Dopp, Secret Squirrel. So I'm like seven days a week during NFL season. I produce content for six days a week, new content seven days a week. I take Saturdays off, but I still publish a video that we record on Friday. Don't tell anybody. It's not working. <laughs> 
so like that takes up a ton of time. But then once like the playoffs gets here, Best Buy's takes like, you know, an hour to write because it's a very truncated slate. And I got like three videos instead of seven or nine that I got to put out during the week. So I got a lot of free time between week 18 kickoff and week one. So I play a lot of best ball. I open a lot of cards because it's something that I've always loved to do. I've gotten really involved in the NFT space. And I was kind of saying, well, maybe I'm talking about this stuff on stream because my audience wanted to hear about it. I was like, well, let me just throw this stuff on YouTube. I'll make a second YouTube channel uh, to put this stuff on called Al Smizzle Games. I like playing video games. I play Tarkov. It's like my main game for the past few years, Escape from Tarkov, sorry. Uh, and I just started throwing the content on there and it started to stick and people started to really like it. And I said, well, TikTok's a thing now that we're in this pandemic. So I started making silly TikToks with my kids and whatever. And then I said, oh, let me take one of these card openings and I'll put one of the big cards that I pulled. And I got like a hundred thousand views <laughs> after me getting like 500 views on all the silly videos. Right. right? I was right. like, all right, let me put some more on there. And honestly, TikTok's the greatest, uh, growth app. Yeah. If you're a content mm -hmm. creator, now we're getting yep. into like content creation stuff, but like, I just kind of do whatever makes me laugh and whatever I find entertaining. And hopefully my audience finds that entertaining too. So far, so good. Yeah. yeah. I can speak from experience on just you breaking cards, man. Like it, 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 to someone that isn't involved in card breaking or, or collecting cards at all or NFTs or any of that. It doesn't make sense. Why are you watching another man open mm -hmm. cards that you have no financial uh, investment in? I wasn't, I wasn't breaking with you, uh, mm -hmm. but I would find myself pulling you up on my phone in the office and just setting you there. And then I would be entranced for two hours while you're breaking boxes. I'm like, Jesus, I just wasted two hours of my did time, you, but it's captivating. Did you waste them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the entertainment aspect. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, holy crap, I could watch this all day. So I, I do, <laughs> and I have been. Mm -hmm. What what brought you into the the card breaking and opening these up? Obviously, you're doing a lot of this for content creation. Or was this born? Uh, is this a byproduct of the pandemic where you just had more time because sports were down? Have you been collecting for a while? Have you been investing in cards for a while, or is this just kind of born out of out of something that's that's creating interesting content? So, like, I've been collecting cards since I was a kid. Like, you know, 1982, 1983 was the first box of baseball cards that I ever got, like around that age. And I collected all the way through the end of high school, all the way into college. A friend of mine owned that we that I played softball with after college, owned a baseball card shop in Brentwood. I used to open cards at the Westwood card shop here in Los Angeles where they put your picture on the wall. And I'd save up my money to get packs of 86 Fleer basketball. Oh. And I had like, I had like every rookie from that set. And I pulled a Jordan rookie. They put your, they take a Polaroid if you took a big picture and put that on my wall. Matt from the Beverly Hills baseball card shop used to be in my fantasy league. I just grew up loving to collect things, whether it was baseballs or autographs or uh, you know, or baseball cards or anything. I just collected everything. So then growing into content creation, when I started streaming on Twitch, a lot of what I played was FIFA and FIFA ultimate team. And so therefore, when I started doing content, I started gravitating towards and made friends with, became friends with a lot of the FIFA ultimate team content creators, Castro and Nick 28 T and Nepenthes and, uh, that whole gang. And so they kind of helped me come along as a content creator by hanging out in their discord for a while. And I'm like, everybody just like, yeah, our biggest uh, videos are our pack opening videos. So like when I started thinking about this off season, last off season, I was like, well, why am I not just opening cards? If people love unboxing videos and people love football and basketball cards, and clearly everybody will even watch digital video cards get opened. 
right? Yep. The digital soccer cards and they'll sit there and you get excited when the person that you're watching gets excited. So it's, it's about the entertainment. It's about what you can bring to it. Can you make this mundane thing of just tearing open pieces of paper and flipping through 12 to 15 cards? Can you make that entertaining? And to me, it's like, I, I, I'll say stupid things. I don't care. I'll just, I'll, I'll make the opening of packs entertaining. I'll tell little stories about players. Uh, I slow roll all the cards, which some people really like, and <laughs> some people can't stand. Uh, but either way, they're watching, so it doesn't matter. As long as you make the the viewers feel something, whether it's love or hate, they're going to interact. Yeah, it's such a good point. You know, we could. I think we could. Me and Cody, especially as we're, we try to grow socials for this show, we could definitely take a page from the marketing playbook of uh, Smiz over here. Uh, TikTok, particularly, uh, man, because yeah. I've seen. You know, just like you, I've seen, especially in in the card space and, and breakers and, and things like that. People just have blown up. Uh, from TikTok and and something about mm -hmm. that algorithm that if it knows it's if you like card one. rips or something like that, <laughs> it's, it's it's perfect. You cut it down to like under sixty seconds, which is yeah. enough to go through one pack, right? Yep. And to get to one hit, even with a slow roll. And I, I'm trying to post them on every other platform too: YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels and Facebook Reels and everything else. None of them take like they take on TikTok because TikTok's yep. algorithm is so generated and so honed in at finding you new people that like TikTok's algorithm is like, it thinks about it, sees your video and goes, hey, these other 10,000 people might also like this video. So it throws it in front of them. And if a portion of them watch it for a certain amount of time or click like or react to it or whatever, or reply to it, it's like, hey, let's find 10,000 more people. No other app, YouTube before TikTok was the best app in terms of growth. Right now, TikTok, and it's not even close. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. We've got our homework now, Gary. Like, we need to really make TikTok a priority at this point. I think we posted one video a while ago, and both of us are uh, very busy. I've got a full-time full -time job. Mm -hmm. Gary's obviously very very much in the weeds with MBA, but, man, we need to really make that a priority to, to try and grow this thing out and really mm -hmm. cut things down as we're deep in the weeds trying to figure out which cards. You know, we're, we're really applying the DFS and the fantasy background trying to figure out which cards may pop, uh, which markets are bound for some positive uh, positive upward movement. We just need to rip some packs, man. Just rip some packs, hit some sweet cards, and, and the, the engagement will be there. Yeah, it, you can you do know, that around growth cards as well. You say, yeah, hey, look, yeah. here's what card do what card do you think is going to take off most in the next six months? You know, well, I think it's this card. Blah, blah, blah. Here's a couple of reasons. What do you think? I think it's this card. Here's a couple of reasons. And that's your 60-second video. Put some trending mm -hmm. sound behind it and tag it a couple of times, and maybe it takes off. Yep, yep. And the stupid thumbnail faces, uh, you know, that Cody has on. You don't on have YouTube. to worry about the stupid <laughs> thumbnail yeah, faces. Not on TikTok. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, but no, it's true. Like, even even the stuff that we've had that has had traction has been, even just when I'm flashing, like, one of my high-end cards or, or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it, and, you know, you made such a good point about, like, FIFA Ultimate Team. You know, this, this, I, I wonder if it's if one of the reasons why this generation was so ready for cards to make a comeback, too, because we've mm -hmm. all been doing, like, this Madden FIFA. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I play the show um, Dynasty Mode or, or whatever yep. it's called, Diamond Dynasty. Diamond Dynasty, Dynasty yeah. yeah, I love Diamond dynasty so you know we've been doing these types of pack rips now for even when cards weren't necessarily the thing that they've become again over the last couple of years so I, I never really put that connection together but it, it makes a lot of sense to me yeah it's easy content it's it's fun it's engaging i enjoy doing it like obviously it, whatever you see of me on video is always just me we were talking for like 10 minutes before the video i guarantee your viewers that i'm the same guy on camera that i am off camera the volumes just turned up a little bit, but like, I'm still the same guy. I make all the same stupid jokes. I do all the same stuff. So like my reactions to things are somewhat genuine. Like 
if I'm pulling a card, if I'm, oh, look, I got, I got one the other day, right? It was a one of 11 card came out of a pack. And I peel the bottom of Jacksonville Jaguars, one of 11 incoming. Come on, be a rookie. And like my reaction, it wasn't even my card. It was a box break. It was a viewer break. And I'm like, yeah. it's not Trevor Lawrence. No, <laughs> like I was really upset. It's like, why is this not Trevor Lawrence? You should have been and you're not. And yeah. now I'm mad. I think yeah. one of the most memorable parts of me watching your streams from last year was when you were ripping NFL and you were you were cutting up the Dwayne Haskins cards. <laughs> just it is just the gen, just the generic the the authentic reactions to you ripping through these things really resonates. He got he got cut that week. Yeah, that's why I cut the cards. Right. Like he just got cut. And I was like, all right, sniff. Oh, that was the that was the strip club incident, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> just no out. I, yeah. I want to take a peek behind the curtain because you were showing us before we hopped on, before we, we started recording, that you've got a box of, of National Treasure. I'm fascinated by the process behind what goes into you ripping packs on stream. Obviously, you're purchasing things, a lot of them at Duck, Dutch Auction, a lot of them directly from Panini's website. Can you can you take the audience and us behind the scenes here? What, what happens from when you decide that you're going to buy a product to the point where you rip it and ship it? And are you sending stuff off to be graded? Is this going into a personal collection? Like what happens from the point that you purchase this thing mm -hmm. all the way through ripping it on stream? So before even purchasing it, the first thing I want to decide is do I want to own it? So like most of the breaks that I've done have been for myself. I don't typically do box breaks. Because uh, they're tough to sell out. And then I feel bad if they don't get something. Yeah. Uh, my community has wanted to take part in it. So we did some pack breaks where I'd sell each of the individual packs. And it's easier on stream because then you see the donations come in for the thing. One of my mods organizes it. And uh, it keeps like a ledger of everything. And it's public and it's upfront. And it's like, well, this person didn't pay. No, you know they paid. Uh, and everybody else knows they paid. And then we randomized the things. We started doing divisional ones because I'm not doing team breaks. I'm not <laughs> right. I'm not sorting things into 32 and then mailing <laughs> out 32 different things. So we started doing divisional breaks for this case of mosaic that I got. Um, and people like this. I only have to break it up eight ways that way, eight mailings and you're done. Most of them are for me. Until I started doing these divisional breaks, uh, I focus on more of the high-end stuff. I think that that's what people want to watch, right? Yeah. Uh, it Some of it is out of people's reach and they can live vicariously and I can afford it and I like doing the premium stuff for myself and now it's just, uh, it's out there for people to see. The way that I've done it, now this is the real peak behind the curtain, right? So like I've, I've figured out how to buy stuff at Dutch Auction most of the time. Typically speaking, you can find out what people are pre-selling these boxes for that are about to release like in two days. Like Immaculate comes out in a couple of days. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's going to Dutch auction on Thursday morning, I think. So you can find where people are going to pre-sell that. Where's their price point? And then eBay fees are like 15%. So lop that off and then figure they got to make a little bit of profit. That's where it's probably going to sell out. So you buy it just a little hair north of that. And then you've got yourself uh, the wholesale price, right? You don't have to deal with retail. You don't have to buy it on secondary. You have your price. What I've been doing was I would buy a case of things. So NBA select, I bought a case of NBA select. I opened half the boxes. I then wait a month or two, and then I sell the rest on eBay for the inflated price. And basically mm -hmm. my six boxes, boxes end up costing me $0. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you could be, you know, this has always been like a controversial thing, you know, because obviously you, you could have pulled the case hit out of those six boxes and then mm -hmm. you're selling six. So not only are you making your money back, making maybe making more money, but you may have grabbed the goods out of the case already. Obviously, that's not always going to happen. 
So like somebody else who bought my six boxes got a zebra. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I got six boxes. Who wants? Yeah. You can buy them in slates of one, and one yep. guy bought one, and somebody else bought five. So I guess a breaker picked up all five of the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably, probably. Um, See. You, yeah. You've talked about ripping Mosaic. I've seen you rip Prism, Select. You've mm-hmm. got National Treasures, Immaculate, Flawless. Do you have a favorite product to this point? I've never opened Immaculate, but based on how they look, I like yeah. the way those look the most. Yeah. And yeah. like Flawless is fine. And it's like you get this big old briefcase. It's very dramatic, right? And like that's fine. Uh, National Treasures is essentially the same as Flawless, mm-hmm. except what the Flawless are now game use all the relics somebody tweeted this at me today so i want to get it right all the relics all the patches are game use patches that is correct where in national treasures they're not game use yeah what's cool about flawless is even for the rookies the the rpas are are also game use patches which is mm -hmm. is very cool um and it's the same card stock and it's the same card everything yeah we're like i like the ones that the the shiny ones that immaculate has but i've never opened immaculate so i'm really looking forward to hopefully getting a case yeah especially you that does a lot of first off the line you know immaculate has like special acetate rpas Mm -hmm. in first off the line so Mm -hmm. you know that's those are particularly uh aesthetically pleasing for sure yeah Yeah. fingers crossed that i get a case of those and i can open them once yeah absolutely yeah we we just missed out on the the nba flawless right are you gonna be are you upping your price on no (laughs) (laughs) no i had a price set that's like i couldn't find any that were for pre-sale so i'm i had to guesstimate what i thought Mm -hmm. the price might be so uh that national treasures case sold i bought it at five thousand a box and i think they sold out like at 47.50 uh per box yeah so it's twenty thousand for a case so i said okay well national treasures fine it is what it is it's usually it's 50 percent more for flawless so i said all right 7500 is about the price maybe i'll buy a case if they go down to 7500 a box and it sold out at like eleven thousand two hundred fifty when the dutch auction started at 12k i'm didn't see that coming i guess i'm not opening any flawless <laughs> this year for basketball but i don't really like opening basketball anyway there's Football seems like there's so many more bites at the apple. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. That's something else I wanted to ask you. If, if, if you only do football or if you much prefer football, obviously uh, your background as from a, a public persona is, you know, in, in football analysis, particularly for DFS perspective. So obviously the marriage mm-hmm. is more natural there. But yeah, I, I agree. There's something about, especially with content creation, where football is more fun. You know, the quarterback, um, the quarterback chase to me is you know every single yes. year is, is super exciting more more so than even a lamella ball or anthony edwards like we know there's a couple superstars in, in hoops but uh there's something about grabbing that big quarterback that could be like life-changing money if it's the right card that is uh that is super exciting absolutely of course and like i mean you do work for drew dinkmeyer so i don't even know if the <laughs> puns are just ingrained in you now but you said the quarterback chase <laughs> and those are really what you're looking for this you're looking for one yeah. of the quarterbacks so you're looking for chase yep that's it that's it but like basketball there's only like two guys and like lebron yeah yeah so like you two years ago it was you had john morant and zion and then this year you have Lamelo and you had ant and then this year's rookie class is, I think, a lot better. It's deeper, at least, yeah, right? Like, yeah. maybe if you get a Cole Anthony or something from last year's rookie class, it's fine. But there's a lot of meh when it comes to NBA. And none of the other guys' uh, veteran cards are worth anything. So football, at least you have Tom Brady. You also have uh, basketball would be LeBron James, the equivalent card-wise, yep. right? Like, the yep. veteran that you can get that's still value. Like, Kevin Durant's not worth anything if you pull a, a 12-year Kevin Durant. Russ Westbrook, not worth anything if you pull one of his cards. Uh, so it's unfortunate, 
if you get their rookies, great, but I'm talking about opening stuff from product that's out right now. Yeah. You're not getting anything like that. Where if I get a second year Burrow, a second year Herbert, uh, any of the other quarterbacks, uh, Justin Jefferson's second year's worth some, there's just so many more viable cards that can help you ladder up and get out of a box where you're really like, if if you open a box of flawless and you don't get an Anthony Edwards and you don't get a LaMelo ball, you lost. Yeah. Yeah. And you lost huge. Yeah. It's like the one, the, the only stuff that is worth money for those other guys, you know, for something like flawless is like the tag autos, right? That's like out of three or out of whatever. So if you had a yeah. Kevin Durant tag autograph out of two or three, yeah, of course you did. Okay. But the chance mm-hmm. of hitting that is literally one in three, right? So you're, mm-hmm. you're hoping to hit one of those big RPAs or uh, you are probably taking uh, pretty serious negative EV on, on those boxes, especially the mm-hmm. flawless cases that are just uh, the suitcases legit, literally that are yeah, what maybe 11 K for this first off the line stuff. That so, was from crazy. Wholesale. They got to be yeah. 15k secondary. Yeah, I haven't oh, even yeah. seen any they're going to be crazy. I, I'm, I'm, I, I was with you then. We're, we're talking here on a Tuesday afternoon, so this mm-hmm. happened Tuesday morning, where um, should finally be the the last NBA product from the 2021 class, which mm-hmm. has been rolling out now yeah. that we're halfway through the 21. <laughs> well, that's the season. other absurd part. Yeah, that yeah. I well, that a lot with. of that is COVID related and production issues, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean mm-hmm. now that they've built themselves this hole of uh, of release, uh, you know, release calendar hell basically for these card companies now, and it's it's kind of crazy and it's its own right but yeah so anyway these went out for 11.25k or whatever at dutch auction which is just i don't think anyone thought um they would they would sell out even in the five figures let alone uh you know only a little bit under uh, release price so yeah really crazy glad to see that the market's staying strong for for that class but uh really crazy I- I- indeed and lamello's the deal i'm so yeah, i'm yeah. so big on lamello and anthony edwards looks fantastic and he does all the things that make people interested in a player yes like he's very dominique wilkins-esque yeah. Like he can, you know, massive power dunks, show dunker, probably averages 25 plus per game for the next, what, eight, 10 years. Like oh, yeah. those things translate well to card value. Yeah. And he's still a baby. Like I, he still barely mm-hmm. knows what he's been doing on the NBA floor. That's yeah. what's so scary about that is like his, it's all raw natural ability right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, if I'm looking for an up, uh, you know, upside play, he's still the guy I'm picking between there. As far as just safe floor that will be there for his career, especially with how much kids love him, Lamelo is is the guy for, oh, for sure. Great. Um for, for sure. Absolutely. It's amazing uh, yeah. the amount of transcendent talents that we've had both in the NFL side and the NBA. And I wonder how much this will stick, but you mentioned Chase and Jefferson, like these transcendent skill position players. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much that'll continue to be a thing in the hobby, if that'll even grow more. But like we're seeing big, big prices on Jamar Chase stuff, the kabooms um, that were kind of the case hit from from the absolute stuff. I wonder how much that will stick going forward, too, with skill position players. So do you mean whether their prices are going to stick from the guys yeah. that came out last year and this year, or are you talking about like the 2022 draft class? Cause that's not going to be that good. Yeah. I, yeah, think, he's saying, I, I think he's saying more generally as a trend, like will we see skill position players retain value moving forward here. Both, both. Like, I want Cause like running backs, no, they don't no, right? Like, right in the card collecting business. Running backs do not matter. They nope. actually don't. And there's no <laughs> argument to me made that they do. You can get a Barry Sanders rookie for like a, a cup of coffee right now well i think uh after this past fantasy season they'll say in fantasy they don't matter either anymore right uh, yeah, so zero, zero rb all, yeah well there you go <laughs> zero rb all around though is uh in cards and, and in fantasy uh but yeah no I, yes and running backs it's going to be very hard to shake that other than you know the very 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 rare exception uh adrian peterson like type cards you know the very what is rare. an adrian peterson rookie worth right now it's a good question you know i don't know that off i don't the top know off of the head, top of my head but i'm like I that's imagine... what i was thinking earlier like even if jonathan taylor has this fantastic hall of fame career what is his card same with uh 
Harris, what is his card going to be worth? This great running back rookie class that was last year. Like, they're all fantastic. But, like, also, maybe, like, the one of ones or the one of fives or the right. one of tens might hold some value just because you know exactly how many are out there in the population, right? Yeah, you know what? You're, you're right. Even the Peterson Refractor Tops Chrome PSA 10, only, like, a, hundred, a $450 card right now. Yeah. And oh, that's wow. Is it stamped, one, though? They, don't have, they didn't have stamped cards back when he was a rookie, though. Yeah, no, no. But, but pop, if you had like a one of 10 Adrian Peterson rookie, oh, yeah, there, that there, might have more value. No, oh, you're, yeah, as far as uh, being numbered. Yeah, there, there were some, like there were some gold ones um, that were out of 50 back then for tops. Actually, tops still mm-hmm. gold that out of 50. So yeah, that one, I guess there's a Bowman Chrome because they used to have Bowman for football yeah. too. Uh, gold PSA 10, that's on card ladder for around a grand of a pop of only five, but you would think, yeah. you know, for five, there would be, Crazy. be more. You, know, you are seeing Jonathan Taylor. I was actually watching some auctions Today, I think I saw Blue Prism uh, mm-hmm. Taylor go for like 300 or something out in a PSA 10. So that's basically the same price as Adrian Peterson. That's just recency bias. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, you, you know, if that's going to be your pinnacle of running back, uh, you know, market, it's it's not going to ever really be there. So, yeah. yeah, nope, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, do you do you collect with your kids? Do you, Are your kids into it at all? They've started. So yeah. my older son, who just turned 12, it's his birthday today. So oh, uh, happy he just turned to 12 today. He is starting to get more into sports. Yeah. He's, he plays baseball. He's a runner. He was like all league as a cross country runner as a sixth grader for sixth, seven, eighth grade. So like, he's really fast. Oh, nice. But wow. like he watches more basketball, watches more football with me this year, particularly than ever before, but not into the cards. Yeah. Like I'll break these packs on stream the ones that are for me. And I'm like, these are yours. Like, we'll take the ones that are like super duper special. We'll send those into PSA. Right. But all the other fodder, like that's all yours. All the commons, all the here's the base rookies. You can have all those. Here's all the other stuff. And my younger son, he's got folders on folders of all the cards, <laughs> knows all the players' names. He knows oh, who awesome. he has. He's got them organized and everything. David's like, can I just get like some Pokemon? <laughs> just nothing wrong with <laughs> totally that. Totally fine, right? Totally yeah, fine. He's in on Pokemon, Beyblades, all that stuff. Not into the sports. Yeah. But my younger son. Well, is. hey, man. The Pokemon stuff has a lot of value too, so that's uh, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Yeah, that's definitely a blind spot of our show, though, for sure. You know, there's a Mine lot of uh, collectibles podcasts that that talk Pokemon, but that's that that is not us. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's cool that the the younger one is into it. And um, man, that was me growing up with the the folders and the binders. And it sounds like you as well. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's great. You know, I, I'm glad to hear because you know, I Cody and I have also, also spoken about this too. It's it's awesome to see this this hobby and 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 everything blow up and the industry be really strong. And obviously, all the stuff happening with Fanatics and Tops, but it, none of it matters if we're not keeping the kids involved too and I, you know with the price points of a lot of this stuff that's been a big concern of mine um so happy to hear that your younger son's into it hopefully um mm-hmm. you know we'll keep getting more kids into the hobby for sure yeah yep. i mean they look kids like whatever they like right so like my my younger son he doesn't care if it's worth a whole lot of money and yeah. that's the best part because like you said it's yeah. just pure he's like I like this card. This card looks really cool. Dalvin Cook is like his one of his favorite players. He came into my office every Sunday morning. Dad, I know you're working right now before kickoff, but like if Dalvin Cook is playing, you should probably take Dalvin <laughs> Cook because I have his card. He's really, really good. It's not bad advice. No, no. it's good advice <laughs> more often than it's not. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll get some more Dalvin Cook in the lineup. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. He was in my Millie lineup, so I'll always love there you Dalvin go. Cook. See, good. you'll allow um, it. Yeah, absolutely. What is, well. what is it with Vikings and being in Millie Maker winners? Yeah, got American a lot hero, of points. Their defense Diggs. sucks. Those are, the two, those are really the two. They get a lot of volume. They score a lot of touchdowns. Defense can't stop other teams right. from scoring touchdowns. Great recipe. 
Yeah. It's a recipe for success. Yeah, sure. Gary, sure. you mentioned you mentioned Pokemon and Beyblades being a blind spot of ours, but I think we've gone long <laughs> enough with having an, an NFT thought leader on the show. Where's <laughs> 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 Overset? Is he coming here? Without no, discussing, without discussing NFTs, because yeah. we've been accused of, of being stone boomers. We're both 29 still, I think. Right? We haven't even hit 30 I, yet. We're, yeah, we're, I'm I'm uh, a little under two months away from 30 now. All right, so I'm about to be 49 in May. <laughs> officially millennials and we're <laughs> accused of being stone boomers we've got yeah. almost 49 year old al zeidenfeld on the stream and he could teach us a thing or two uh about nft so we want to get some some nft discussion from al i don't know where you want to take this but maybe just mm -hmm. your experience maybe where you see the nft space going where it's been uh, but i think more so our audience could just learn from what what your experience has been like in the last couple of months that you've been dabbling in nfts it's been a wild ride, I'll say that for sure. So, yeah. like, I guess I kind of started in April with uh, the horse racing game, Zed Run. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was kind of my entry point into NFTs. I was very publicly not into Top Shot, where, like, I think that was the majority of daily fantasy Twitter's entry point into that the digital collectible market, right? And I just, oh, yeah. I wasn't really into it. I had my own issues with the company. That was a whole other problem. Uh, but I got in with, Zed run. And there's a correlation between a lot of the projects that I've gotten into and it's games. Yeah. I like games. I've been good at games my entire life. I spent 10 years as a basketball coach at the high school and college level. I played professional poker for another seven, eight, nine years. Uh, and obviously my history in daily fantasy. And so finding these projects that were centered around some sort of gameplay, whether it was video gameplay, whether it was a game theory play, whether whatever it was, it was always around this deeper game. So like Zed Run, it's like, yeah, you race your horse, but also it was a breeding game. And there was a lot right. to build in with your bloodlines and which horses you held and which ones you kept and which ones you sold. And uh, that interests me a lot, those deep rabbit hole games. So all of my entry points, once I started getting into the larger world of NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain type stuff that's on OpenSea. And Jeff L. Hefe was somebody that I talked to at the beginning. And uh, Adam Levy, known as Ruthless from the poker world, also plays Daily Fantasy a lot. I remember sending Adam a message, a DM. I said, Adam, I've, I'm probably the youngest 48-year-old in the world, but I have never felt old before. And I feel completely old when it comes to NFTs. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand the verbiage. I don't know what's going on and I can't wrap my head around it. And he said, okay, buy this, buy this, buy this. Here's a couple things that you might like. They're kind of game oriented things. Uh, one was Pixel Vault. He said, buy this Mint Pass. It was like one, one and a half Ethereum. So I bought like two of those and he said, buy this thing and buy this thing and then join this community and you'll, you'll learn more about it and you'll find things that you like and you're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah. You're going to buy things that go to zero. It's just, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I have my entire portfolio. I've got a bunch of losers in that portfolio. But your winners are going to massively outpace your losers in terms of if you lose one unit on a loss and you do that eight times, you buy 10 different projects, eight of them are losers, you lose one unit each, but your wins, you win 10, 20, or 50 right. units, uh, you're good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like you don't oh, even yeah. have to have this massive win rate, but like you buy and collect the things that you like. And I centered around games, things like Goons of Balatrun, which kind of went nowhere. 
maybe it rebounds. It's still a thing. I'm not anybody who owns goons of Baltrum. I'm not saying it's terrible. <laughs> Take it easy. Don't get all heated in the replies. Uh, but like, you know, Galaxy Fight Club, which was like point one for the longest time. I bought like three or four of those. Uh, and now they're like one Ethereum floor. Uh, Goons of Ballantrue was the one that I said before. Uh, Vox Collectibles, I minted like five of those for 0.08. And now they I sold off most of those, but they went through the roof because like they became this game that now has tokenization, breeds a coin. Uh, I'm way into like the MetaHero universe that has this game theory and stuff behind it. And Wolf Game more recently, which was something that had this game theory and yields a coin and does all these different things. And having it gives you access to these other things. And I just like talking about them and having the game theory that I have to think my way through. So in my own discord, we have the Smith gang HQ where it's an NFT centralized discord where mostly beginners, but a lot of people who have some experience in it for the last year, spend a lot of our time just talking about all these different projects and figuring out what we should jump into and maybe what we should stay away from without giving any sort of financial advice, just giving our opinion and what we've learned about each one and having, you know, 50 people talking about NFTs is easier than just feeling isolated because NFTs and daily fantasy are both very isolating projects. And when you have a community around you, it makes it a lot easier. Even just like a friend group, you don't even need like a whole community. Just you have some people to talk about it with just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's awesome, man. And like, uh, it sounds like we could both use kind of what you did at the beginning of this, just say, Hey, you know, explain this to me. Like I'm, I'm five, where should yeah. I start? Where yeah. should I start jumping in and just kind of finding that right person. And, uh, you know, that, that was a great breakdown of, of your experience in it so far. Um, do you know, do you see, uh, you know, is, is this sustainable for you? Do you, you think that this NFT space is a, a here to stay, um, and you know, your involvement in it, uh, you know, is it something that is going to be, you know, you, you imagine being a big part of your life now for, for the future. So I think that there's real world application for NFTs. And that's why I think that it's going to be something that's here for a long, long time. So like the way that I explain this to most people who are, let's say normies, right? Like adults who invest, I don't get it. Right. I'm like, okay, well think about it this way. You've seen StubHub, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we know what StubHub is. They sell tickets. Yeah, there's a secondary market. But like, imagine if the teams who want a cut of that secondary market could slap a seven to 10% royalty on any secondary market sales. So like, are you telling me that concert tickets and sporting tickets uh, and instead of, what is it? The private seat license, the PSLs that the teams mm-hmm. did to create more money for them on every subsequent sale of the tickets. You could easily make any of those things into an NFT. And then all of a sudden, the creator of the NFT has that royalty that they will make money on any secondary market. Go ahead, sell them on the secondary market. We still get our cut, right? They get to skim the secondary market, which is essentially a benefit of the NFT world. So like, I think that there's actual real world marketable activity that can happen. And not just like, here's a here's a funny picture that's you know one of 10,000 and you can right. use it. Well, what do I do with it? Well, you make it your social media profile. Like there's more things that can be done. <laughs> and we've seen it in terms of these DAOs, these decentralized autonomous organizations that have uh, tried to buy a English soccer team, a lower level English soccer team. There's one, uh, I don't, I'm not trying to like shout out things like pump my bags. No, you're right. No, without <laughs> saying the name, like there's one that's like trying to buy a country club. So you bought the thing. There's another one that I think Gary V had where it's a sushi restaurant in New York. And if you own it, you own shares of the restaurant, you can come and eat whenever you want. Like, 
Well, I got to learn more about that aspect one. of these things <laughs> I think is very real. And those are all real world applications outside of here's my social media avatar. That's fascinating. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that it's already at that point with a lot of these. And that's really, mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I got to learn about the sushi one because I love sushi and I live in New York City. So that one was that's, expensive. Yeah, it's yeah, in New York, so I didn't buy it. But like, <laughs> right. if they, it minted for like four Ethereum, and you could uh, own like part boy. of a sushi restaurant. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Very <Wow>. expensive sushi. <laughs> yeah, that, that is expensive. Oh man, hearing that's about cool. some of the real world utility is is nice and refreshing, and like it it, it legitimately comes across like a like you have a, an investment thesis. The the Wolf game, the uh, the goons, the Zed run, all kind of play to earn, gamifying mm -hmm. your NFTs. The real world utility the DAOs, all that all that kind of stuff makes a little bit more sense than like you said just throwing up your your profile picture and all of a sudden it's worth 100 eth so it is nice to now hear saying it, that i do want my board ape to be 100 ETH. <laughs> that's the bit right right do board apes hit 100 ethereum before the super bowl kicks off that's the question so what, what is right now they're at like 82 83 ethereum and there's a wow. rumor there is a rumor this is just rumor this is not alpha for me this is not anything else but like Eminem just got an ape from MoonPay, right? Like MoonPay is trying to pump their business up. So they're buying apes for all these different celebrities. I think they got Jimmy Fallon his. Uh, they got Eminem one. Snoop Dogg has one. Kendrick Lamar has one. Those three guys are playing at halftime. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the other mm -hmm. two artists that are there at halftime don't have a bored ape. But uh -oh. two grail yes. apes were apparently just bought by moon pay is the halftime show going to be <laughs> sponsored by or show these board apes at halftime or are they going to buy a super bowl commercial right at halftime or yeah part of the show somehow like the, the because wow, you that's... own your you own the rights to your ape that's the thing like for licensing purposes right you can use it for whatever so a company like arizona bought a board ape to use on their packaging that's their ape and they can use it however they want commercially so if these five artists want to use them commercially at the halftime show, what happens if if this rumor becomes a thing or if it's actually a thing, what happens to that project? Wow, I love this. This is great. So, I didn't hear, I didn't know anything about this. This is awesome. The, the second part of this thesis is that the some hundred million Americans watching the Super Bowl will then be smart enough to hop onto OpenSea and sweep up the floor <laughs> on the board apes. It's that, it's that the hundred million Americans will say, what is that? Yes, Think right. about how viral yes, Left Shark went. Oh, yeah. So yeah. if everybody's Googling this thing and everybody says, well, that is, okay, and they start digging deeper. If 1% of the people of that 100 million dig deeper, there's only 10,000 of these things that exist. Right. So I can't wait to see the Google trends after the Super Bowl on. If that's the thing, it would be searches. like through the oh, roof. Yeah, it would be yeah. 100. <laughs> Man, I, Speaking I, I of love Super Bowl. a good conspiracy theory. So this is exciting. Yeah. I want to yeah, see this, this come to fruition. This is Ship great. It we... to Wiggins. That's that's the one you got to tell Wiggins. He's our resident <laughs> yeah, right. conspiracy theorist that we love. Yeah. <laughs> so for this for this to work out perfectly, we need what a uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady rematch to get max viewership. Like we don't, we can't have Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Ryan Tannehill in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, we need that would be we awful. need the we need the studs there, right? We need that would be like Patrick the Pistons Mahomes. against the Spurs in the NBA Finals. <laughs> Can we not even talk about that? All right, None we'll ignore that. that. We'll ignore that. <laughs> don't do that. It's like the Giants against the Ravens. Don't do that to me. Well, don't 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 do that to Gary because Gary's yeah, a Giants I fan. So. I, I was I was eight during that Super Bowl, but I remember it. I don't want to. Yeah, uh, 30, 34 to seven or whatever that. We that want one was. points. We want yeah, we want yeah. like a fifty-five total in the Super Bowl. 
That's now, well, we need we need to get some Smith's hot takes because we can't let you get out of here without some NFL playoff hot takes. There's we'll, never we'll... hot takes from me. I'm I know it. Sure I know it. Only we'll... from this account. We're gonna <laughs> ring them out of you. But I know that you. I, I watched the first look show today. I know you've got some divisional mm-hmm. round thoughts already. Uh, the people want them. We'll we'll center the discussion around the sports card market. Do you have any any thoughts on what's going to happen this weekend? Who's going to make it to the Super Bowl? Any any look ahead for for our for our listeners? The Bills just look really good, don't they? Oh, my God. They yeah. Oh. And, like, I know they got to go on the road to Kansas City, but Kansas City's flawed defensively, and Buffalo does not seem flawed offensively, and they're certainly not flawed defense. I mean, they give up a little bit on the on the ground, right, if you're a, a power running team, which the Kansas City Chiefs are not a power running team. So do you think, like, Kansas City's favored in this game. Do you think Mahomes wins this one, or do you think Josh Allen walks away? Because I kind of think Buffalo wins, which probably means they lose. Yeah, I, um, I'm i leaning towards you. I was starting to do some of the gauntlet returns best ball drafts yep. earlier today, mm-hmm. and I think we're all, all these, you know, people in this community or whatever, yes. the people that are grinding those, Josh Allen's going, like, one, two, or three in a lot of these <laughs> yeah. drafts right now. And, um, I mean, was that not one of the best overall offensive performances you've ever seen? In that weather, uh, a near-perfect turn in i mean that was just incredible incredible uh football there and if, if they're hitting their stride now um you know I, yeah i i would have a hard time thinking that they don't have a good chance coming out of kansas city in this one but i just think it's gonna be a freaking awesome game but i do give buffalo the upper hand a little bit here i'm i'm with you so like last year i remember tweeting this out it was when four teams were left it was in the championship round i said all four teams are in the top 10 in offensive dvoa all four. Only one was in the top 10 in defensive DVOA also, and it was the Buccaneers. And nobody gave them a chance in Green Bay, and they won there, and then they won the Super Bowl going away. Like, defense matters when it comes to the playoffs. Every team is very talented offensively, but like the teams that can do it on both sides of the ball, that good defense can have that day against a great offense, uh, and the other team can't stop the other great offense. So, like, that's why you get these teams that run away. I think the Bills are one of those type of teams. I think the Rams and the Buccaneers are two other ones. Luckily for the league, they play each other. So, yeah. like, you know, they're not going to face each other in the NFC Championship. But, like, those – I think those three teams would be my three favorites to to make the Super Bowl. Buffalo and then whoever wins that Tampa Bay game. Whoever wins the KC-Buffalo yeah. game and then whoever wins the Rams-Buccaneers game. I think for the Bills, you can't overstate the emergence of Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. It seems small and You're probably deep. super in the weeds for for us DFS guys and everyone grinding out these best ball tournaments. But like Isaiah McKenzie kind of being a thing and being fast and replacing some of those snaps from Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis uh, mm-hmm. getting on the field. I mean, they, they go real, real deep at the skill position group. And uh, this this is a, a legacy dev- defining uh, as early as it is, is in his career. I mean, Josh Allen could really establish himself as – the league's premier quarterback and the hobby's premier quarterback. We're starting to see some movement in his card market already up mm-hmm. 10% just in his base market. And we know how, how base markets have been down of late, but his base PSA tends up 10% over the last couple of weeks. If he goes out and beats Mahomes, takes care of business in the AFC championship game, and then gets one of those big, big, big time uh, NFC quarterbacks with Rogers or, or even Stafford and, and Brady, obviously you can see some massive, massive returns for someone like Josh Allen. So if you're betting on him in best ball, like we all are, might not hurt to, to, to bet on the card market as well. 
That's yeah. not a bad play. Just get a few shares of that in your portfolio. Yeah, it, it truly can't be understated what it would do for if he wins the Super Bowl um, here, especially this early on in his career. Yeah. Uh, after the emergence of, of, of him from the last couple of seasons, it can't be understated what his car market looks like for the rest of his career at that point. Um, there is a floor there that presents itself at that point as far as um, it would not it wouldn't dip under certain points, even in his down moments in the coming years. Once he has that ring on his finger, um, you know, with the clear gold jacket trajectory and just the overall, you know, passing the eye test. The, the you know the the skill set that is through the roof um, with you know no reason to think that he wouldn't be able to to win at least one more uh, you know it, it would become one of the pinnacle cards in sports you know the prism especially that 2018 prism with the silvers particularly which yeah. were way less produced mm-hmm. um, for football in 2018 than we've seen now since then um, so yeah man that those Josh Allen rookies uh, w- would really develop uh, you know quite the market at that point I do have one Josh Allen take but is it is it reflective or is it predictive is the question. Uh, it revolves around why are we stupid uh, that, as daily <laughs> fantasy players? Josh Allen is going to put up a 30-point DraftKings day how many times a year? On, just just guess. Give me an over-under from both of you, Cody, uh, Cody and, and, and Gary. Give me, give me an over-under. How many times the last two years is he going to put up a 30-point game each year? Like six and a half, you'd say? Yeah. So, yeah That's sure. probably fair. 30% uh, of the time? 40%? Right, like, how, how, he was the QB one five times this year on a week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that's going to stop in 2022? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Why are we not just playing 150 uh, Josh Allen double stacks a week in the million? Yeah. <laughs> why are we overthinking this? What's guaranteed wrong with to us? win at least one guaranteed to win at least one, at least one. you're going to challenge for six, right? What a, yeah. what a great, well, that's a great point. First of all. And the other th- great thing that Josh Allen has is, um, you know, he has a floor where a lot of those other players, the quarterbacks that are going to put up those 30 point performances don't with his legs. He really, really mm-hmm. does. So, um, yeah, you know, it's not why are we dumb? It's why a- didn't we just do this? Why are we all going to get 10% of this guy? I'm going to have 15%. I want to have a portfolio. That's my flag plan every week in 2022. What's your flag plan? 150 Josh Allen lineups. That's or double stack every one of them and find a bring back. As many times as they boat race teams this year, too, and he still got there. When they're yeah. up 25 in the third quarter and he still gets, I mean, he's he's going to be the one that gets in there anyway. But mm-hmm. yeah, he is he is a an absolute smash. Yeah, and he yeah. plays the Jets twice. That's a good. <laughs> that he does. That he does. Oh uh, man, yeah. You know what? You're onto something there. I uh, I I'm I am famously like really str- stringent about my player pool as is. So, like I try to keep my quarterback pool to like four to six guys every week anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that maybe, yeah, maybe it's just, just one. one every week Josh Allen, 150 <laughs> times Josh Allen done. All right. I, uh, I know my strategy for next year. This is, <laughs> we're, we're ready to go. I think that is a, a great place to leave the show. I think we covered it all. Anything else from you, Gary? No, I, I want to thank Smith for coming on, man. We, um, obviously uh, are uh, uh, big fans of yours, but um, you know, love that you're involved in, in both our, you know, traditional cardboard space and the NFT space. So we appreciate you coming on and kind of giving us some, some schooling on, on the NFTs and why we need to get involved there. And obviously just, you know, shooting the shit for us, uh, you know, for, for the last 45 minutes here, really do appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's fun. I just look, man, do things that you like doing and talk about them with people that are, that are cool to talk about them with. You're always going to have a good time. Agreed. Yeah, this was a ton of fun, Al. Really appreciate you coming on. Tell, tell the people where they can find you for any of our listeners that aren't already watching your your Twitch streams. I'm live on Twitch mostly in the off-season, like five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, I've got five YouTube channels now. You can find the easiest way to find everything is just go to smizzle.tv slash links, and you'll see the link tree for all of those different things. That's the easiest way I can tell you to find everywhere that I'm at. 
this awesome. was a ton of fun for Gary, for Al. I'm Cody. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.